Blog Talk Radio. Hello listeners, welcome to another internet broadcast of The Unexplained World with your host, Edward Chanhan, a paranormal spiritual observer, psychic reader, and channeler. Annette, a high priestess and psychic reader. Mercedes, an accomplished paranormal investigator, spiritual feeler, and solitary practitioner. The Unexplained World is a location where the line between the natural and supernatural may become nothing more than fuzzy, so enjoy. Hello listeners, welcome to the November 30th broadcast of the Unexplained World, with your host, Ed Shanahan, and it's me, Annette. Hello Annette, you there? I'm here, yes, yes. <laughs> How you doing? You me sweating that one again. <laughs> <laughs> And Mercedes. Hello, Mercedes. How are you doing? Hello. I'm fine. How are you, everybody? Uh, I'm doing fine. That's good. Stay good warm out there. Go ahead and not ask again. <laughs> Do we all have a good Thanksgiving? Yeah, I had a great Thanksgiving. I had a good one. I had a real good one. I did the cooking, matter of fact, a good portion of it. So, all right. Yeah. Listeners, if you have tarot cards, get them out right now, okay? Because it may assist with uh, the guests that we have on tonight. Ladies, I threw out a uh, suggestion uh, basically a month ago because Annette was tied up our last show up in Wisconsin um, about doing a promo type of video. I know it's been busy in there. Have you guys had a chance to talk about it? (laughs) No, we have not had a chance to talk about it. In fact, I didn't make a note to myself, and I kind of forgot about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't remind me. <laughs> I thought it would have been, you know, such a swell idea. You might have jumped right on it. Uh, <laughs> well, there there was that one idea about the topless car wash, but we decided against it. <laughs> it's cold. Yeah. It's right, cold right. right yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh Maybe it's, maybe in the springs. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. Um, listeners, tonight our guest is Mr. Scott Grossberg, author of The Mass of Terrell. Annette, leave the listeners know a little bit about Scott. Well, Scott Grossberg has been a student of the magic of life for nearly five decades. Um, what began as a fascination with a gift of tarot cards when he was a small child has grown into a lifelong study of the symbols, the metaphors, images, and the meanings that the cards wait to reveal. Scott has traveled throughout the world, amazing people of all ages, backgrounds, and cultures with the accuracy of his readings. Now, he's here tonight to tell us about his unique mask theory, as explained in his new book, The Mask of Tarot. Scott, are you with us? I am, Annette. How are you? Fine, thank you. Welcome to the show. Welcome and happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Thank you. Hello, you Scott. Too. I'm not sure Hello, I can Scott. follow. I'm not sure I can. Hi, Ed. How are you? I'm not sure I can follow on the heels of a topless car wash, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's just my awful sense of humor. That was their suggestion. That was their suggestion. I never went there with that. So. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I'm the one with that halo on my head. So, okay, go ahead. Yeah, right. <laughs> we'll we'll, we'll yeah. find out tonight, Ed. Good. You tell us, Scott. <laughs> um, I would love, Scott, for you to tell us a little bit about the mask theory and about how the book helps people who are already reading tarot um, read more effectually and perhaps the people who have never picked up a deck of tarot cards before, how they can, you know, start using this theory and it's a perfect way to start this. Um, let me begin with the whole concept of what tarot cards even are for, for perhaps those listeners who don't know. Um, ordinarily, on a general basis, people think of tarot as a divination tool, something that foretells the future, good or bad. I have always believed that in addition to divination, uh, the tarot is a marvelous tool for self-introspection, self-study, and meditation. And with that concept in mind and the, the firm philosophical belief that people actually can choose the magic in their lives, um, I, I set out on a path to determine a system and develop some methods for a reader to be able to uncover, recognize, and explore the magic in a client's life. Now, if you're a client, I want you to imagine how empowering it could be if you went to a reader, not only got the reading you were expecting, but were also given valuable tools to literally take you from where you are to where you want to be, and you now have control of the magic that has been revealed to you. Um, If you are a new reader of cards, I'm here to tell you that you don't have to necessarily go through and wait until you memorize all 78 meanings of them, let alone the 22 of the major arcana, that with the systems we're going to talk about tonight, you can actually start doing this very intuitively. All you have to do is look at the cards that are out in front of you. They start to tell a story. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with the self-help of the cards. That's how I try to read for people. A lot of times they want to know, well, what about, how, wh- when will I ever be happy? <laughs> I said, well, it's all about you making yourself happy. <laughs> um, and exactly. And, and what the Masks of Tarot concept does is literally help them to discover what happy means. Um, right. And, and the, the nice thing of what's been gratifying is that the, the book itself is now uh, being used by the mental health community in some respects. I've actually gotten a lot of contact from psychologists and psychiatrists who are now starting to use this model much like they would previously have used a Rorschach ink blot test um, to, help oh. their, to help their clients, their um, patients, start to explore the symbols, the metaphors, and all the internal meaning, taken, taken completely out of the divinatory category. Um, and then obviously with readers themselves, um, they're just adding this now as another layer uh, and it, and it, it's very effective. It's something that you can actually um, do the, the, when you start hearing about this, this whole process. It's something you can do immediately. There's not, there's, not a, there's not a whole lot of study that has to go into this. And I have to agree on that because uh, I do have a copy of the book I have started using, as I told Scott, and that's why I wanted him on the show um, because I was, it's, it's excellent. So I would, you know, recommend for the people to listen and leave Scott, you know, explain more about it because it is an amazing tool to oh, have. Well, thank you, Ed. Yeah. Um, and, and Annette, I, I understand that you actually read Mercedes. You're just starting. Is that correct? Yes. 
Um, yeah, I, yes, Scott, I've been reading for many years, absolutely. Uh, the, the, if, if you want me to just jump in and, and basically explain the whole concept so that readers can walk away immediately and, and say, look, this is great, here's my deck out in front of me, um, I'm happy to walk the three of you through exactly what this is, and yes. at the end of this show, you will, every, each one of you will know exactly how to do this. There won't be any more study involved. You will walk away and now have a new tool in your belt. Yes, please. Uh, so here, here's, what, here's the way we start. Um, now, each one of you has your own deck, I presume. Right. Um, if, if not, right. you're aware of them. Um, Ed, I happen to know in advance that you, you use the, the writer deck. Uh, Annette, right. are, are you using which one? I use a fairy deck. Um, it's an Italian deck by Antonio Lupitelli. Okay. Not real popular. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. And Mercedes, which deck do you use? Um, I have the uh, Gothic Carol um, by Joseph Vargo. I'm, I'm familiar with it, and then you use the, Zen, the Zenner one, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, the, the reason I'm asking it is not because it changes anything. It actually doesn't matter which deck you use. Uh, quite frankly, this system was designed not only to work with tarot cards, but it also works with palmistry, rune stones, um, playing cards, anything that you would use for exploration of somebody else, the system will work. Um, we're just using tarot cards for tonight's purposes to make it easier for everybody to understand. And so stop me along the way. Um, sometimes I get pretty excited about the, the, the system. But here's the way Great. it works. Um, first of all, you're going to separate out the 22 major arcana from the rest of the deck. We're not going to deal with the minor arcana tonight. And for readers and for people listening tonight, I've separated them out. Um, because for me, the 22 major arcana represent the major life themes, the major life energies that every person experiences uh, at one point in their life. It is not fixed. I don't, I, I don't move forward based on we have to start with zero, the fool, and end up at the world. I believe that everybody is unique, and so the combination will be different, although the life themes themselves will repeat and be the same. The minor arcana just... Just as a, as a quick side note, for me are the energy manifestations of what the minor or the major arcana actually do, and because there are so many of them, you're dealing with four different suits. You're dealing with individual people. Uh, if you're dealing with the court cards, um, it's beyond the scope of one hour. I'm excited to be with you. I'm challenged because we only have an hour to do this. <laughs> um, and so, uh, for purposes of tonight, we're just going to deal with the 22 cards, and I guarantee that even just using the 22 cards, um, anybody listening to this will instantly see. I, I'm hoping the aha button goes on, and, and they say, my gosh, why didn't I see this before? So here's what we do. Um, you're taking the 22 major arcana out, okay. and all you're going to do is go through them. And all I would like the three of you to do at this point is to start taking out cards that call to you, that you like, that are favorable, that you prefer, that literally glow, something that calls them to you, and just make a pile of those cards that you want, that you would like to keep. This is very intuitive, very subjective. The beauty of this for your listeners is there are no wrong answers. Um, the, the client can go through these cards. There, there are no judgments involved in any of this. This is 
truly the client, the querent, him or herself, making a subjective decision as to what cards call. Scott, does it matter so, how many we're pulling out? Absolutely not. Okay. The, the beauty of this is there are no wrong answers. Now, okay. from the piles of cards that you have that you like, all I want you to do now is go through them one more time and to pick out one card that calls to you as your favorite of those you just went through. So you've got one pile of cards you like. You're going to take one and only one card of those out. And when you've done that, let me know. I've got mine. And okay, that's because, okay Ed, Ed, what card did you choose? The Magician. Of course. <laughs> okay. Annette, you did the High Priestess, what? Oh, no, I chose the Empress this time. The Empress. That's fascinating. Um, and Mercedes, what did you wind up with? Uh, the moon. The moon. <clears throat> Perfect. Now, of the pile of cards that you have discarded, the ones that you don't like, all I want you to do is to go through those and find the card that you would never choose if your life depended on it. The card you don't like, the card that says, don't choose me, the card that repulses you, however you want to phrase that, but pick the card that you don't want. That's harder. <laughs> um, it's now, that, <laughs> which one did you choose? Ask Annette first. I'm still looking. <laughs> okay. Annette, do you have one? Um, I'm a toss between two, but I'll go with the devil. What was the other one you were tossing up with? The tower. Okay. Mercedes, how about you? Uh, the hanged man. Mm-hmm. Now, in some decks, by the way, I happen to have the Gilded Tarot. So in some decks, that's the Hanging Man, present tense. Um, but that's fine. We'll go with the Hanged Man. Um, Ed? I'm going to go, go with the uh, Empress. Um, interesting. Now, yeah. in, the book, <laughs> in the book, and again, I don't know that we have time tonight to go through it. In the book, there's actually an entire spread uh, using six cards where the process we just went through is narrowed down where six cards are actually laid out. I am going to ask each of you to do one more thing for me. From the pile of cards that you liked, you've taken one out now, but you have some that are remaining. Choose one more that you like. I chose Sun. Okay. Mm, I'll say it's the globe. Okay, for listeners, I believe that also translates to the world. Oh, yes, of course. I'm sorry. That's okay. Just making sure everybody's included. Okay. Mercedes? Um, The Empress. All right. Now, here's what's beautiful about all of this. Um, I don't know if you guys were writing any of this down. The Mm -hmm. three of you form a team, and I'm, I'm kind of digressing here, but this is so obvious to me at the moment. Do you see their is a common theme between the three of you. Each one of you has, that, in one particular position, chosen the Empress card. Yeah. What, what you will see out of all this is a group dynamic that will develop in your tarot readings as well. I routinely do couple readings, and I know a lot of readers do not like to do that. Um, I do group readings where you can actually do this 
there are three of you right now um, where I do this with a whole room of people all at the same time doing the same things that we've just done, and suddenly you start to see these group dynamics. So let me explain what we've just done so that the aha moment comes to each of you. Um, I have arbitrarily called the first card that you chose, Ed, you did the magician, Annette the Empress, sure. Mercedes the Moon. I've called that your myth of power. Now, I use the word myth, by the way, um, because for me, I'm a philosophy major, and I, I always learned that a myth was were those sacred stories that used symbols and were capable of a vast many interpretations. I also know we all lie to ourselves. We all have these great stories we tell each other. Um, the first card that each one of you has chosen is your myth of power. It's your future. It's what each of you says, this is the next way I need to act in order to move me from where I am to where I need to go. At least you think. And that's why it's called the myth of power. Now, the card you didn't want, by the way, I call the myth of doom. Ed, you chose the empress. Mm -hmm. uh, Annette, Annette, you were torn, actually, between the devil and the tower and then went with the devil, which I find fascinating. Um, maybe we'll get to that. Uh, okay. And Mercedes, Mercedes you, you talked about the hanged man. Mm -hmm. The myth of doom, again, it's another story, but this is what you consider to be wrongdoing. This is the very thing you would never do. These are the people you don't want to be around. These are the things that you think you've left behind and don't need to revisit. Um, now, reality is you will have to revisit these, but you think you've left this behind. This is your past. Um, in the book, I actually speak, and the reason it's called The Masks of Tarot, I speak about a mask from Venice called the Bauta, and uh, my wife and I happened to be there and met a charming shop lady who runs one of those carnival shops, and she was going through explaining what all the different costumes were, and she got to this mask, which I recognized from the Casanova pictures and the movie and, and those kinds of stories, and she explained to me that in Venice, the Bauta mask was a fascinating public social tool. You could put this on and not only have anonymity, but doors were open to you. No bed was refused you. No door was shut to you. No party uh, was kept from you. You could go anywhere and do anything, and it was perfectly free. And I suddenly, I mean, literally, it was like a flash of insight when I said, my gosh, that's what we do every day of our lives. Uh, now, in different settings... We're on the radio right now. All four of us have our own masks we've got on. In the comfort and privacy of your home, you have a different mask. And so one thing led to another. And so for purposes of right now, what we've got, Ed, you have a mm -hmm. magician mask on. Mm -hmm. The reason I bring that up to you is the second card you chose, which I call the myth of the soul, is actually who you are. You'd like the to song? project the magician. Yeah, But in reality, when you take a step back, late at night, you know, it, 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 the dark night of the soul concept, you're really the sun wanting to be the magician. Um, with you, Annette, you're the world. And yet you put forward this, you've got this very strong world concept, or as you called it, the globe, uh, and yet there's a passive nurturing side to you that you're putting forward right now. <laughs> 
Um, and I'll bet there's a very strong side of you that you aren't putting forward right now. Um, whereas with Mercedes, I, I hear laughing, so I'm assuming someone's agreeing with that's me. That's Annette laughing, yes. Uh, <laughs> At myself. <laughs> that, that's okay. And that's the beauty of this. Whereas with Mercedes, it's interesting. You're already where Annette wants to be. And I've got both of you, both both the women, Annette and Mercedes, wanting to be the empress or already the empress, and Ed is saying on one, one subconscious level, I don't want to be passive. I don't want to be the empress. Now, again, there's nothing wrong with that, but can you see how this would help a group dynamic if the three of you were sitting down trying to understand a love relationship or a business relationship or... You know, I, I get together of some sort where a bunch of people were brought together, and now suddenly your lines of communication can open because, Ed, you can now see that you may get frustrated, you may get anxious, you may get irritated and not know why, and it's because Annette's Empress is speaking to you, and you want, you're, you're trying to leave that behind. Does that resonate with you? Hmm. Uh, I don't really, you know what, I hold a, I hold a lot of respect for Annette. I mean, uh, we've been together from day one. And, uh, oh, this has, nothing, this has nothing to do with respect. This is actually oh. to, to empower you to respect. I'm, I'm talking about trying to develop in a client recognition of subconscious patterns that are going on. Um, whereas, you know, for example, with Ed, you, you were telling me, right now that your myth of power, we'll call it, is the magician, someone in control. Right, right. Now, usually, by right. the way, when I do a reading, I ask the client what, what that card means to them, and then I'll give them the reading um, for, for sake of time here. It's, generally speaking, when we're dealing with the magician, you're dealing with somebody who likes control, who understands what they want, is moving towards um, and Ed, you've seen the book, so you know is actually mm-hmm. the magician. The magician under stress becomes the world. The magician huh. becomes over over controlling. In a so basically, situation. I see what you're saying. Me and Annette basically even have the same cards, but in a different. You're balancing layout. each other. Yeah, exactly. You are bal- under stress. Ed becomes controlling. And whether it's whether we explore further and that becomes an outward manifestation or just inside because you're being nice, you don't want to say it, but you've got that inner inner conflict going on. You and Annette actually form a perfect team here because you, you, she's the balance that you need. Oh yeah, <laughs> right on. That's right. <laughs> she is. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> Let the um, universe take care of it. <laughs> but, but see, Ed, Ed isn't willing to do that yet. Ed is I know, I know. Magi- Ed, is, Ed is still at the magician phase, and Ed will not go to letting the world take care of it until he's put under extreme stress and isn't given a choice. That's so true. <laughs> yeah. I call That's my, my I guy. Call, and, and here's the... Here's, here's the yes. Okay. Go ahead, here's go ahead. The, here, here's the funny part about Ed. From, from Literally, we've done three cards and three cards only, so you can see how this reading develops. The funny part about Ed, Ed just wants to be happy. It has nothing to do with control or not being in control. It has to do with Ed's son card. And Ed just wants 
to go back to that time. If I were to right now, if you're in studio with Ed and I say, Ed, I want you to imagine a time when you were completely in control, you were happy. It may be a time from your from your childhood. You got the best toy you could for a birthday or a holiday. I just want you to remember that joy. You have that. His face is probably beaming right now because it's a it's an emotion that he resonates with. It's not the magician. I can talk intellectually about um, metaphysical tools and magic tools and intuition and paranormal all day to add. And on an intellectual basis, he will understand that. It's when we talk about emotions and happiness that it resonates with him instantly, intuitively. Wouldn't you say that's right, Ed? Yes, sir. Right on. Um, now, right on. And that knows, now, too, what time it would make me glow. Yeah. So, that's, yeah. I'm, I'm over here. I'm, I'm the sun right now for you, Ed. <laughs> Um, and, and and the same thing, Mercedes, I haven't forgotten you. Um, <laughs> Annette, with you, you've got the Empress. And generally speaking, the Empress under stress, and by the way, this is all explained in the book. I'm, I'm sorry I'm jumping ahead so much, but the Empress is generally someone, um, quite frankly, that goes hand in hand with, the high priestess. Now, I find this fascinating, by the way, because generally for me, the high priestess is a card that is the opposite of the magician. Mm-hmm. And under stress, the high priestess becomes the empress. Mm. And what I'm wondering right now, Annette, you don't have to say this on the air, is <laughs> I, I'm I'm taking this and I'm being very politically correct right now. I'm taking this right now that there are some stressors in your life going on. Yeah. And that and that as a result of that you have actually been moved to the Empress card. Mm-hmm. That it's not something that you take by choice. Correct. Um, and so that's how it's manifesting. Now what's fascinating is that the Empress under stress, if we push you even further, okay. you actually get balance. You get the temperance card. Uh-huh. Um, and it'll eventually lead you back to where you're going. But again, I'm, I'm sensing this stress here. Now, that's the master. She was in my pile right? of likes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so at this point, we, we know Annette is. I, I know Annette is under stress. I know that her. That's her myth. That's the story she, she has told herself, and that you've told yourself. You need to put on this empress mask in order to survive right now in order to make things palatable, in order to feel better. When in reality, all you need to remember is that world. It's all okay. (laughs) You need to go back to your happy place. And sometimes you forget it under stress. Right on. Okay. Now, what happens with you, you you are actually, and and the reason I say it's fascinating because you've gone, you wavered between the devil and the tower. And for listeners, those are two distinct, different cards. Um, the, the, the devil, and I'm going to give some very shorthand stuff in the in the book, and obviously in other tarot books, there are certainly far greater explanations of these. But the the reality is that with the tower, for example, you're dealing with an overthrow of someone's existing lifestyle, um, just a manifest overthrow, overthrow of what they thought they had, what they thought they believed, what their values were, where they were headed, where they were going. 
Um, and sometimes it is appearing to the person as coming from an outside influence. That was one of your choices that you didn't go with. Instead, you went with the devil. Now, the devil for me, depending again on which card you're looking at, but if we deal with the writer deck, for example, you are actually looking at a chained couple. And if you look at that, and this is where I, I ask the listeners, look at your own decks and take a look at these pictures. Forget what the books tell you the meanings are. That This is more than just memorization. This is looking at these cards and letting them speak to you in their symbols, in their metaphors, in their colors. Um, I've had people choose them for nothing more than just their titles. If you look at the writer deck, you actually see that these chained people, the lovers from the lover's card, the lovers have chains, they're bound, they're tied to the devil. If you look closer, you'll find out those chains can be lifted off, they're not even tight. They are bound by their own choices, by their own decisions, by their own attitudes, their values, their beliefs, and they can take them off anytime they want to. And what I find fascinating with you, Annette, is that that was the card you didn't want. Mm-hmm. Um, the Empress, by the way, is to some degree the power behind the throne. Let's face it. Uh, mm-hmm. And I would assume you're right. You tell me I'm right. Um, it is the power behind the throne, but not only at work, it's the power behind all the, the male uh, energy around you, as opposed to, quite frankly, the high priestess, which, while still a feminine figure, is still an active energy. Uh, the high priestess card actually does very active, proactive things just below the surface. With you, I can see this, this conflict going on at the moment where you've, got, you've chosen the empress card that tells me you are relegating yourself to a nurturing role. You are relegating yourself to a somewhat passive role. It's not entirely passive, but somewhat passive. And yet, <laughs> passive you're tra- like you get. <laughs> and, and yet, at the same time, you're fighting against the devil card. You're fighting against the restrictions you've put on yourself. I'm so complicated. <laughs> and, that's what, and that's what this is, which is why, yeah. which is why, and, and I'm always recommending to people to actually pull three cards at the very least, and that's the favorite card, the least favorite card, and then the second card you like the best, because it's the second card you like the best that will tell me deep down inside who is Annette. And Annette's the world. She just has to remember that. Sometimes, and I'll use the old phrase, sometimes the world is too much with you. Mm. Does that resonate with you? Thank I mean, does that make you, sense Scott. to you? <laughs> yes, sir. Um, <laughs> hi, Mercedes. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, your turn on the block. Actually, <laughs> Actually, Mercedes' cards um, are likewise fascinating. Um, Ed's, yours are pretty cut and dry and and not too complicated. Like I said, with, with Ed's, and, and the reason I'm doing this and going back and forth is that I want the listener to see how easily this can be done in a group setting. And you can compare with each other, and it becomes a very interactive uh, reading, which is something that I... I'm a firm believer in, by the way, and I guess I'll go on my soapbox for just a moment and say I'm a Mm -hmm. firm believer in people taking control and participating in their own life magic. I do not not give readings where they come in and I tell the future and we're done. Um, I'm just not that kind of tarot enthusiast. Um, It's 
that these are here as tools to help us move from one point to another. So um, I, I really want people to be proactive and participate in their own success. Uh, so Mercedes, want to participate? Yes. Okay. Sure. Um, I'm eagerly waiting. <laughs> now, I'm going to do something different so the listener can can hear a different way of doing this because I know Ed and Amber, uh, pardon me, Ed and Annette have experience with cards. And Mercedes, how much experience do you have? Um, not a lot. I'm just learning. I'm just okay, starting so out. Okay, so if 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 I were to sit you down right now and ask you to give a reading for Annette, that would probably create anxiety for you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Because I want to do a different. I, I want to do this a different way so that readers just learning how to do this can see how easy it is to do this without knowing anything. You've chosen the moon card, Mercedes, as your first myth here. And my mm -hmm. question for you is, why did you choose it? Now, notice, um, by the way, I did not do that with Ed and Annette because they already know the cards, and I wanted advanced listeners to know there's a, another way that they can actually do the reading straight up. But I want to use, Mercedes, I want to use you as an example of how to do this if you don't know anything about reading and you have a client that doesn't know anything about the cards and you want to go have some fun. Okay. So what does the moon say to you? Um, I love the moon. I've always loved the moon. It, it's energy and it's, I just like the moon. <laughs> and what does it do for you? The moon? Yes. The card. No, oh, no, well, card? no, no, no. No, you you say you chose the moon card because you like right. the moon, correct? Right. What does the right. moon what does the moon do for you emotionally? What does it mean for you? Um, it's uh it's energy that um it has. Um I don't know. <laughs> I just um, When you look at the moon on a dark night, what does it make you feel? I've always been drawn to the moon. I've always um, been, it, it makes me feel, I don't know, comforted. Give me, okay, here, here, here is a way for readers to develop this, and this is great that we're doing this. Tell me three adjectives about the moon, Annette, or Mercedes. <laughs> um, it's bright. It's beautiful. Um, powerful. Okay, there's how Mercedes feels about herself and how she has to take her next step. See how easy that is? You don't have to know one meaning for that card. All oh, I have to do... bright, beautiful, and powerful, Mercedes. Bright, beautiful, and powerful. What a, what a great... What a great what <laughs> Write a great it down. What a great self-image to, to have and or develop. Now, that, that being said, um, Annette, let's let's play this off of you and so I can show you the system. Mercedes has chosen the moon. What does that as a reader mean to you? Now, I haven't even given Mercedes a reading yet. So, um, Annette, what does the moon for you mean? If she would choose the moon card, I would most likely say that there's um, something that makes her feel agitated or an outside influence that's causing some uh, increase or decrease in energy in her life. Um, even some, maybe some, a little bit of craziness, a little bit of lunacy, things that are unusual. All right, when I read the Ed, take a shot. Go ahead. Uh, I'm going to skip this one. I'm going to skip okay. this one. I'll leave you That's go. That's fine. So. That, Annette, for me, um, if I'm reading Mercedes' moon card, 
I am also going to not only tie in with what you're saying, I'm also going to talk about the moon and the subjective element that it brings in. I will talk about, for example, Mercedes, that you've talked about bright, beautiful, and powerful, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. The moon doesn't have its own light. It reflects something else. In our mm-hmm. case, it reflects the sun. It is bright, beautiful, and powerful because it's reflecting off of something else. Now, mm-hmm. by the way, it ties in with what Annette is talking about by her outside influences. Um, but do, do you see how you can actually just start looking at these cards and saying the moon, here's to start describing the moon and what it is. And it actually ties in very well with what the actual meanings of these cards are. The people who develop the symbolism and the metaphors and the stories and the analogies of these cards, um, very smart people. And uh, they tie in with the major archetypes that all human beings have. They are the same stories, by the way, that Hollywood uses for the blockbusters and the, the, the tearjerkers and even the horror stories. If, if you look at them, you can take the 22 major arcana and put them in every good story. And so that's yeah, what you is want. Jo- is, is Joseph Campbell like your biggest hero? Um, I don't know that he'd be my biggest hero, but he certainly <laughs> is one of my heroes. Um, one, of, one of the guys I actually, one of the guys I actually studied. And again, for listeners, um, the hero's journey is huge. Um, yeah. I, I actually also studied screenwriting and the, the use of the whole hero's journey. And in fact, quite frankly, tarot cards, even in film school, was discussed. So, and, and, I, and listeners probably don't even know that that's discussed there, uh, as, as a tool for tying into people's deepest feelings. So, back to Mercedes. Okay. Um, Mercedes, you've got the moon. And uh-huh. are the things that Annette and I, in addition to your bright, beautiful, and powerful, do those resonate with you, that, that you, you reflect off of other people? Yes. Um, and I, I, did any of you read um, Martian Chronicles? Ooh, no. There's a story in there. There's a beautiful story in there of, of a Martian who starts being surrounded by um, earthlings, for lack of a better term, and the Martians take on whatever the images, thoughts, and feelings are of the people around them, and mm-hmm. and the Martian can't handle it because he's around so much turmoil all at one time which is what I want to talk to you, Mercedes, about. And I think it ties, it, I think it ties in the net with your feeling of the agitation part of this. When you take the moon and all the things we've just talked about and now try to find what happens to the moon under stress, what happens to Mercedes when she's put under extreme pressure? And that turns into the star card, by the way. And we stop reflecting and we start becoming someone who's hopeful. Mm-hmm. And you, you can start extrapolating this out even further. Um, for you, Mercedes, I'm going to give uh-huh. you just something to write down and keep for a later time. Okay. Hope is not a strategy. Mm. Okay. Just remember that under stress. Okay. When, when, it all come, when it all comes and hits the fan, I still want you to take control. Because the, the real you, 
you chose the Empress card. The mm-hmm. thing that the, the mask that Annette is putting forward, <laughs> the okay. the mask that Ed is trying not to put on, but it's you. That's that's the real soul of you at the moment. Now, for you, why did you choose the Empress card? What does that um, card say to you? The Empress, uh, she <clears throat> uh, she's a very powerful figure, um, and. Uh, I just feel that uh, she's very powerful. She's very, um, she can, uh, I don't know. I like this. That's okay. That's fine. (laughs) Um, And by the way, for for listeners again, that's very common that when you do a reading like this, that the, the, the person you're reading for may not know why. They're just drawn instinctively, intuitively, and that's where the dialogue comes in. You may just have to do a reading yourself and say, the real you, Mercedes, is is the empress. It is, as I told Annette, while she's putting on the mask of the power behind the throne, knowing full well deep down in her soul to, the, to, the, to her very toes that I'm not the power behind the throne, I am the power. Um, I mean, that she has more control than she's giving herself credit for right now. The reality is, for you, mm-hmm. you you do do best behind the throne. You do do best reflecting off of others. You do do best feeling that flow and responding to it rather than necessarily being proactive. Here's what I find fascinating for you. Um, mm-hmm. The card that do, do you remember which card you chose that you didn't like? Yeah, the hanged man. All right, what does that say to you? Um, well, I didn't, I looked at it and I didn't like the picture on it, so I chose that one, because my, in my deck, the, uh, it's an upside down vampire, mm-hmm. real, real yucky looking guy, so I, that's <laughs> why I chose it, he's a, he's a yucky guy. A yucky guy. Um, okay, yeah. we'll go with that, we'll go with that. Um, <laughs> again, so that listeners can see, and actually for the three of you, so you can see how this all ties in together. Annette and Ed, when Mercedes was discussing her choice of both the moon and the empress, she had one repeated pattern, one repeated theme that she kept saying over and over Powerful. again. Powerful. 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 Mm-hmm. It's the very thing the hanged man isn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> However... There is there there is one school of thought, Mercedes, that while uh-huh. that while the hanged man is no longer powerful, and in fact I usually refer to him as the martyr, giving basically sacrificing yourself so much mm-hmm. that that you become subsumed by those things around you, which is a concern of yours. Um, if you are reflecting off of other people, and you are the power behind the throne, and you are feeling all of the energy and acting as a magnifying glass for that, then you can certainly imagine what happens if you stop putting filters on it and you start being consumed by the psychic vampires. <laughs> Does that make sense for you? Yes. Um, a lot of sense. The, the concept here, too, though, is that the hanged man has done this voluntarily. Yeah. Self-persecution. It, it, exactly. It's a, and all of this. The, the one thing that I want to get back to is that all of these, when I when I read for 
clients is a recognition that these are choices. This isn't fate. This isn't something that has happened to you. There are no victims here. Now, they may look like victims, as in Mercedes hanged man. All of these are choices. Everything that has happened has occurred because of a decision or an attitude in the past that has now happened in the future, um, or at least what is your present now but was the future um, when the decision or attitude was made. The one thing that I want to add for now, assuming you still have your cards out, the one right. thing, Ed, that I want to add for you, because you're already using this in your readings, I believe. Right. The one thing I want to add for you and for listeners is to start paying attention to the direction the images are looking. And I'm, I'm very big on playing with time. I think, Ed, you will recognize this, and Annette and Mercedes, on a magical high priestess level, um, that time is pliable, time is malleable, and that we just need to learn to play with our tenses better sometimes to literally change the outcome of something. So so what I'm suggesting to you at this point is that if you look, for example, edit your card. Now, I happen to have the writer deck in front of me. Mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. you will see that the magician is looking forward. He's looking right at you. Right. Correct? Right. Yeah. Correct. Um, now, let me... Annette, the Empress, is looking right at you. Yes. Assuming you're using the writer deck. Mercedes, I don't have your deck in front of you. Does your moon have a face on it? Um, actually, it's a crescent moon with a woman sitting on it, and she's looking up at a man. Perfect. And she's looking up at a man, and he's looking what direction? It, he's looking down at her. They're, like, looking at each other. So we've got a little bit of the lover's card going on within your moon card. Perfect. Right. Now... Here's the way I generally interpret these. And, again, some of this is subjective. Um, I'm not about to tell you that that this is black and white for everybody. You you do need to bring your intuition and your own, your own feelings to these readings in the context of, of what's going on. I would, you know, Annette, if you chose the magician as your favorite card, it would not be the same reading as a reading for Ed. There may be some, right. some common themes. You still need to bring more intuition and and the the personal touch to this that goes beyond the limited time we have here. But again, I want to leave you with, with the concept that if, with most people, if you look to your left, most people, if I ask them, where is their past located? If I were to tell them to do a timeline, their past is to their left. If I ask them where the future is, the future is to their right. And the present is right there with them now. Now, there are exceptions to this, but we're dealing with two-dimensional tarot cards. Um, I suggest to you that you start looking at the cards and adding a time component to them. For example, Ed, with the Magician card, he's looking right at you. That would tell me, Ed, that you are very now-centered at the moment. We are not dealing, when when Ed's dealing with what the Magician means for him. We're not dealing with the past or the future. We're dealing with what is this going to get Ed today. Right. Annette, with the Empress card, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. And again, because I happen to know there's now a stressor involved, 
It's literally this mask is what she has put on, what you have put on for the moment, and it's not going to be on there forever. Right. Now, Mercedes, with you, you've got the moon looking up. To me, that takes it out of the timeline. And I find this fascinating again with you that we keep moving back and forth between, for example, the hanged man that you wanted to move away from, which Mm -hmm. is the lack of power, to a moon looking up and outside of itself, which is also the lack of power. (laughs) (laughs) It's looking outside itself for other things. And and again, if we were doing a, a, a more expanded reading, it would literally be more cards to now reinforce or to explain or to tell us what's that outside energy that Mercedes is actually feeding off of. What is it that is creating the actual Empress soul that you have? Do you see how with three cards now you can literally, I mean, we've been doing this now for quite a while and we've just done three cards. Yeah. Oh, it's mind-blowing in three cards, absolutely. I've told uh, Annette right from day one when I got the book. I told her yeah, I just yeah. came across huh, a fantastic <laughs> book. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. And matter of fact, yes. why, why I'm I talking it. about the fantastic book, why don't we tell the listeners where they can get your book, well, The Mask it, it's a, of Terror? Well, thank you. Um, it, it's available on Amazon. Uh, it also, I believe, Barnes & Noble and Borders will be having it in stock fairly soon. But I have a deal for you. Uh, I was actually just contacted by the publisher. Um, t- I told him that I was going to be on the show. And uh, the publishing company has, if you go to the masksoftarot.com, that's T-H-E-M-A-S-K-S-O-F-T-A-R-O-T.com, that's the publisher's website for the book, and you enter the code T-U-W, uh, the unexplained world, <laughs> the publisher is actually giving $10 off the book through December 2nd for listeners. So um, that, that's, even better than, that's even better than Amazon will do. Thanks, you, Scott. Thank you. So Thank you uh, it, 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 it's, uh, it's a fun thing. And, and the other thing that, that's in the book that I actually want the readers to explore more, and I invite each of, of the three of you to take with you tonight is a concept that I call the alchemy of human needs. And it's built on Maslow's hierarchy of human needs. And very simply, I realized that while everybody avoids pain and they seek pleasure, Mm -hmm. and Maslow was correct that ultimately we want transcendence, the reality is in day-to-day life, I'm Scott the father and I've got different needs and I'm Scott the the business owner and I've got different needs and I'm Scott the writer and I've got different needs. It's not a pyramid. It's actually they all orbit around each other. And so one of the things that I do in the readings as well is that I actually have eight human needs that I've developed out of the hierarchy. They're changed a little bit, um, running everything from pain and pleasure to belonging and love, adventure, divine selfishness. Um, And I mean that, divine selfishness. is that concept that I want you to be paranoid and believe that the whole world is conspiring for your own good. Uh, to self-control, giving, and esteem. You take those, and what I do with clients during a reading 
is I will actually take a piece of paper and we will now explore what their various needs are and relate those to the tarot cards. And it becomes absolutely fascinating when you do the exercise that I just showed you and compare that with what needs they think they have. And this is where the magic happens because at that point I could take any one of the cards that Ed chose, for example, and replace them with something else to make it more congruent with what Ed believes his needs really are. And I did actually, uh, I did the list myself. Um, did you? Out of the book, yeah. And and uh, and, and, and when you I got to say it, it was right on. It really was. What, it was. What, when you do that, it becomes not only eye-opening for a great many people but you actually get a, a, an entire photograph of where you are today. And what you can say is, Ed, if I know you want to feel better, I know you are the sun. Deep down in your soul, you're the sun. How do we get you from where you are today to that feeling of being the sun? You can now, being very visual, using imagination tools, using tarot cards, um, using palmistry or rune stones, whatever happens to work for you, you can actually start playing with people's futures and give them an empowerment that, that transforms them during a reading. And now you've taken your readings beyond just a parlor game. Yeah. Scott, this is so important. This is so big. Thank you so much for coming on. You're my favorite interview ever. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now I have to love you. Um, Oh, okay. (laughs) I'll be passive and let (laughs) you. I I said that on purpose because of the empress mode. Um, (laughs) You know, we've only touched, obviously, because of the, the time constraints. There are only... Um, so there's only so much that we can cover. At the very least, though, I, I want listeners to understand tarot is not something to be afraid of or think that they've got to memorize long lists over. Um, I also want people who who are, do palmistry, for example, and you can do this if you were to to, to do palm reading. Do, we, do either of the three of you do that? I do palms. Yes. Okay. So, Ed, I don't know if you do it the way I do. The first thing I do is I have someone shake their hands up hands out, hold their hands up, and I'm looking mm-hmm. for thumbs and, and, and hand size and shape, and then I'm looking for major lines. What sticks out, you know, is it the head of the heart? What is, does it happen to be? Imagine now taking this system, if it's the heart line, for example, yeah. and you know the person is highly emotive and they feel deeply anything and everything that goes on around them. Now take this system, this what I call the hiding places system, and now you can give a reading on just the heart line saying what happens to this person under stress. And if they're highly emotive and they're highly feeling, what would their, and Ed knows what I'm talking about when I say what would their their beast in shadow be? What would, what would be the, the very thing that they would stay away from? Now, someone who's very emotive, who's feeling, who's intuitive, is going to stay away from someone who's very logical and uncaring and unfeeling. They don't want to be around someone like that. And now you start taking all of these things, as we just did with the tarot cards, and we're only using one line. And Hmm. the the, the beauty of it is you can do very in-depth analysis with people. It will resonate with them. You will know, by the way, when you're hitting, because the people around them who know them 
will smile and giggle and laugh, while the person you're doing the reading for will, will disclaim any of it. So you know you're hitting it because everybody else says, yep, that's them. <laughs> um, and again, it becomes a very group participatory kind of thing. I'm, I'm, I'm Again, unless somebody wants a private reading, that's fine, but lately I tend to have to do these in larger groups, and it becomes a very proactive, very um, healing, empowering kind of thing. Uh, with rune stones, it's the same thing. It's the same concept. You take whatever the chosen rune is and now move that out. What is that stone under stress, and what does that mean? What is that stone going to stay away from? And, in fact, the per- you can give an entire reading and the person's only chosen one stone. Scott, I want to thank you very much for being on. I, you know, same thing as Annette said. You were great. We only got, like, uh, two or three minutes left. And uh, Well, I want to thank I really... all of you. Mercedes, it was a pleasure. I, I know we didn't speak a whole lot, but thank you for letting me use you as the guinea pig. Oh, thanks. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave you know too, Scott, that the people are actually putting on the. We got a little chat board going, and people are uh, posting the website for the book and everything. Uh, the mass of tarot.com. They're posting it on the chat board as we were talking. So, oh, marvelous! Uh, and it's been yeah. a real pleasure from my end as well. Thank you very much, and maybe in the future, you know, have you on at a later date if that's okay with you. I I would I would love to. And before I end the show, I'd like to say our next broadcast is Sunday, December 14th, and and that is the start of our third year, and we will be, and it will also be a holiday show, as some of the things on the show will be a holiday tribute song to our troops, and that will have information on Yule. Also, I will be talking about spirits of Christmas and holidays past, along with other things, and that is December 14th. The Mask of Tarot can be found at the, same, the website by the same name. Scott Grossberg has been our guest tonight. Um, your readings were right on with the three cards. I have the book, i got to say, for readers and people who just have an interest in tarot or even in their own lives, uh, get the book. And uh, it's really good. I'm going to go buy it and, right now. <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's a reader for. And I never do page. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Scott, thank you again very much. Thank you, everyone. Have a great evening. Blessed be. Thank you. And that I'll call you in a couple minutes. Thank you, okay. everybody. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you.